Birds are singing. The sun is out. Spring has sprung. Has your wardrobe followed suit? If not, you can get a refresh with Bombas, my favorite brand for socks, tees, and underwear that also has an amazing mission that we support wholeheartedly. Because for every incredible comfy item that I get from Bombas, they match with a donation to someone who is unhoused. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash hard things and use code hard things for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash hard things and use code hard things at checkout. Think about how delicately you hold your baby, you dress your baby and you feed your baby. We do that because they're adorable, of course, but also because their skin is delicate. Know this. There is only one diaper brand that we recommend to give you the gentle protective care your little one needs. And that's Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Their Swaddler's diaper absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to keep your baby's skin dry, healthy, and beautiful. And when you use Swaddlers in tandem with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, you'll keep your baby's skin healthy. The wipes are made from 100% plant-based cloth, and you won't have to worry about tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets it's match. That's right. So download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Welcome back to We Can Do Hard Things, Pod Squad. We are super excited for this episode because we had so much fun with the first etiquette episode. We talked all about how to be a person who is not horrifically annoying among other people. And we talked about etiquette in episode 191 as not just a signal of superiority or manners, but a kind way of being among other people. Mm -hmm. And it went wild. Everybody loved this episode. So we asked you, the pod squad, to send us your ideas (laughs) about how to act and how not to act among people. And the responses were so good that we decided to create this episode, giving you more ideas about how not to be annoying. Inadvertently. If you want to be annoying advertently, yes. And you knock yourself out. Actually, but if you it, don't want to inadvertently offend people, here you go. Yeah. I mean, either way, you should listen closely because there are some good ideas in this one if you want to be annoying. Yes. Yeah, that's true. It's a win win. Right. It's a win win, this one. And I just want to say again, we are obsessed with you. Like you're the things you call in and say, the things you write in and say, always make us laugh, make us think, make us plan whole new episodes. You all are just brilliant. Actually, let's just jump in. Let's hear from Charity on etiquette, new etiquette, how to treat each other, what not to say, what to say, all the things. Let's hear from Charity. Hi, ladies. I'm just kidding. Not ladies. Hi, y'all. I just listened to your um, etiquette pod. This is Charity, and I am calling to just agree 
with your um, etiquette about telling people they look like other people. And I want to kind of double down and let you know some red hair etiquette. I have red hair. And there's some etiquette that needs to be established relative to red hair. One, we don't look like every redheaded celebrity. <laughs> I've been told I look like people like Nicole Kidman. Thank you, but I don't. Um, all the way to like Ed Sheeran. Thank you, but I don't. Um, number two, you don't need to touch our hair. You don't need to ask us where our hair came from. Our hair came from our hair follicles just like yours. And we get really, really tired of answering that question, especially when we're young children. And if you ask a young child that, I have a redheaded son as well. Just don't be surprised if they say something terrible to you because they're so sick and tired of adults asking them the stupid question about where their hair has come from. Wow. Wow. Charity. Charity is giving very little charity in the way of redheaded comments. And I'm here for it. That is good. All right, here's an idea, y'all. In honor of Charity and her long-suffering self and long-suffering redheaded son, what if when we met a new person, we skipped over the first thing we thought of? Yeah, that's (laughs) bump. Okay, seriously, like think about this. Think about if we met a very tall person, okay? Mm-hmm. It's no offense to anyone. Of course it is. The first thing we're going to think is that person is very tall. But what if we didn't say it? Why? Because think about how many times that person <laughs> throughout their mm-hmm. entire tall life has heard you're so tall or some variation of how's the weather up there? Oh my God, you're so tall. I can feel. Oh my God, you make me feel so short. Oh my God. I can- mm-hmm. What about the person with... A sunburn. Somebody has a sunburn. Okay. It's pretty bad. You see the person. The first thing you're going to think is that person has a sunburn. (laughs) But what if you didn't say it? What if you waited for the second thing to come up? You would probably be within the 2% of human beings that interact with that other person. Because how many times that day has that person heard about their sunburn? Whatever the singular characteristic that you're looking at, red hair, shortness, tallness, even beauty, whatever it is that you're seeing, skip over the first thing, wait for the second thing. What do we think? Okay, but I got a follow up for that. What if it's a really, really tall, redheaded, sunburned person? Do you have to wait for the fourth thing? I think you do. You do. Don't say the obvious thing. The obvious Mm -hmm. thing is what that person has heard their entire life. And you actually think you're being creative. Mm -hmm. You think you're noticing something. Well, that person maybe never noticed that they have red hair and maybe no one else (laughs) has ever noticed it. Well, I just think that overall what we're forgetting is there's impact on what we say, good and bad, right? And kind of funneling some of these instant thoughts (laughs) through, nope, not going to do that, Mm -hmm. to like, oh, gosh, your energy feels so good today or something of the sort, you yes. know, like right. anything that's objectifying them, you will not be the first person no. to do that ever. And this will be the hundredth millionth time that they've heard it. And it's just, oh, they're over it. Even things that are meant to be super complimentary. I just recently realized that Alice, until her very first haircut, 
she had down to her waist, like people used to ask me if her hair was colored because she had this like, her highlights were ridiculous. They were all natural. Of course, I was like, who the hell colors their five-year-old's hair? But I mean, if you do that, good on you. And she had ringlets of curls, just Shirley Temple ringlets to her waist before her first haircut. And I realized she got so much daily feedback about her curls because every single person came up to her and was like, your curls, oh my God, your Mm -hmm. curls are so beautiful. It's so beautiful. You're so cute. That when she got her haircut and her curls stopped existing, Mm. she talks all the time about how much she misses her curls. Mm. And it is not because she misses her curls. It's because she very quickly associated, oh, people think I'm special because of my curls and that no longer exists in my Mm -hmm. life. So it is a loss that she has experienced already about her value relative to interactions with other people. And it's all because every single person approaching her said something about her appearance. Mm -hmm. Whereas if we just made a rule to not say things about people's appearances, then they wouldn't have these ambiguous losses Mm -hmm. where they understand very quickly what the world is appreciating about them. I had that as a little kid. I was like this, my, as a little child, I was what the world would consider like a beautiful child. I had Alice's ringlets and that's what was people, that's what they see. They look at you. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. You see their face open up and then you turn 11 and your hair is greasy and you have zits all over your face and the world starts to like contract away from you instead of move towards you and all the attention stops and no one's ever said anything else to you about your insides. So you assume you've lost all of your social capital, I guess. Currency. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think we should do a whole episode or, or just a separate thing on like what to say to children, because as a former teacher, I have ideas. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole world Mm -hmm. only knows to say something about their appearance or to ask them what they want to be when they grow up. (laughs) I swear to God, these poor kids. What do you want to be when you grow up? We say to a four-year-old, knowing damn well, we don't know what we want to be when we grow up. It's so odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is odd. Okay, Heather. Let's hear from Heather. Thank you, Charity. Hi, this is Heather. The last podcast where you were talking about etiquette, all I can think about is when, let's say I have a headache and I tell somebody, oh, I have a headache. And somebody else says, I've had a headache for like a week. Okay, don't do that. Just say, oh, I hate having headaches. All right. That's it. Thanks. Bye. Don't one-up my headache. My God. It's like Kristen Wiig. Remember when she played uh, Penelope on SNL, the one-upper? That that Thanksgiving soup kitchen (laughs) skit where it was like, the lady's like, my ancestors came on the Mayflower. (laughs) My ancestors came on the April flower. <laughs> it's just like constantly one-upping. I'm thankful. I'm thank five. I think five thing. You have to watch that one. That one's so good. Yeah, the one-upper thing. Mm-hmm. We're with you. But it's Heather. like our 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 goal is to connect, but what happens is yeah. we disconnect. It's like, oh yeah, I'm with you on that. I know. But it's really like, especially when you're like, oh, I've had one for the, the last week. Yeah. Maybe keep the energy to like the tell me more energy instead of the let me tell you about me energy Yeah, in the moment. Because there's a really weird thing that happens where you're trying to be like, oh, I've been there. I connect with you. Like you're saying, Abby, like if someone's going through a divorce and you're like, I also went through a divorce. 
it doesn't make you feel less alone because your particular experience is so ridiculously unique Mm -hmm. to you. Even if it ends up in five years, you can see the parallels. You can't see in that moment how anyone's experience can possibly relate to the intensity and intimacy of your experience. So like a spotlight that you've asked for a minute becomes like spread and you no longer mm-hmm. feel seen yes. because now we're looking at you. Yes. I used to be a one-upper. It, I honestly think this is, was one of like the personality traits of mine that I've been like the most embarrassed about. And I only actually realized it when I got a family and I was one-upping my own children. <laughs> and Glennon was like, So first of all, they're kids. Of course you have a different, amazing story that you can tell that overshadows their silly fifth grade story. And we'll be like, daddy's going to take me to look for a new bike. And I would be like, I have a new car. So I have have, two cars. I got to go. I have two gold medals. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard for me because it's a habit Mm -hmm. because it's an insecurity and a vulnerability and a moment and a communication moment. It's like, I don't know what to say. This is awkward. Yeah. And so all I can do is reach into the the pile and the storage that I have in yeah. my memory of what I can do and how this Venn diagram relates to me. That's what right. I think communication is, but it's actually discommunication. That's so smart. Do you think that um, also is like skipping over the obvious thing? It's almost like we have this knee-jerk mm-hmm. reaction of what we're supposed to say, but yeah. there's like a moment where we can just go and think a little bit harder. Because when somebody says, I have a headache, if you look at what they're saying underneath it, they wouldn't be saying that that out loud unless what they were really saying was, I just need to talk about my headache for a second. Mm. Right? Yeah, like, I'm, I'm in pain. I'm in see pain. me. Right? Or see understand me. how I am in this moment and why I'm reacting this way. Mm-hmm. They're not like, has anyone here ever experienced the phenomenon <laughs> of your head being yeah. in pain? That's like, not what they're asking. Under that sentence, they're thinking, I need to talk about my headache for a minute. So I think that's awesome that what you just said, like to think about, What's next as opposed to my first, yeah, my, my first connection to that. And this. it's usually just like this little awkward discontent, this like social anxiety we all experience yeah. where we don't know what to say and we're thinking of the best thing and we get it wrong a lot. And that's okay too. But I think you're right. Like, don't say the first thing. Deeper. It's, it's maybe it's not right yeah. or wrong. It's just like there's a deeper experience of this conversation. Yeah. There's a deeper way. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations and multiple systems, the more margin you have and the more of your hard-earned money you get to keep. But with higher expenses than ever on things like materials and distribution, everything just costs more. That's why smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. You'll reduce IT costs, you'll cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you'll improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, and expenses don't slow down, so why should you? By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hard things. Netsuite.com slash hard things. That's netsuite.com slash hard things.
Okay, how about Jody? Hi, my name is Jody, and I just listened to your podcast on um, etiquette BS. I loved it. One of my biggest pet peeves as a single, never married, childless by choice, mid-50s woman is the questions over the years about, when are you getting married? Why aren't you married yet? Aren't you lonely? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, the whole time I'm spinning the words, fuck off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just, don't assume that people are single because, just don't ask. It's none of your business. I am happy in my life and be happy in yours. This poking and prodding, it, it makes me retreat into myself and not want to go out. Mm. Abby, Amanda, Glennon, I love you. Mm. Thank you so much. Keep on keeping on. Jody, everything that you just said, Jody, and how you said it, yes. Thank you for your honesty. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. It's so strange when you think about like, the rates of, of divorce and misery within, within marriage, we really should be saying, when people say they're married, we really should be saying, why did you get married? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell us more about that. Have you thought that through? Do you think at some point you're going to be lonely? Do you think at some point you're going to regret this decision because you can't go back? Once you're married, you can't go back. <laughs> or when people say they're married, we should just say, so have you thought about divorce? Like, when are you going to get divorced? <laughs> When are you going to get divorced? How do you know you're really happy? Yeah. How do you? Yeah. It's a good idea. And also, the, similar to this, it's the people with one child. I hear from them that they're constantly being asked, why don't you have another one? You're just going to have an only child? Like, do you think that's good for them? It's just, it's wild what we think is our business. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a projection vomit. It's a projection. It's yeah. a projection. It's just like all of my fears, I've got to somehow give you an avenue where you won't make mistakes around what my fears are. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the beauties of having these conversations is not to be shaming. Like we could actually make mm -hmm. people more comfortable being out and about, make people feel more accepted by having these conversations because people who are saying, are you married? Do you have kids? Blah, blah, blah. It's not horrible. Like they're not trying to be, no. they're trying to connect and be loving. So no shame. Just like, let's consider that those questions might be doing more harm than good for some people. Do you have kids? Do you like, think about all the things that, that go into that in terms of maybe people who want kids, but can't have them or have kids, but don't want them or, yeah, exactly. or loss or like, just, it, it's so loaded. We think it's a surface question and it's not. It's a question yeah. into the deepest recesses of people's hearts and lives and desires. And maybe those questions, the ones we think are surface, are actually the conversations we only go into with the people with whom we've already earned deep trust. Yeah, yeah we think of them as throwaway questions. They're like, not. that's easy. I'm not asking them anything personal. Are you married or not? Like, but that's actually deeply personal. Let's think of some alternatives. If you just met someone, you could say, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What are you into? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What makes you happy? What are you going through? Abby always says, how do you spend your days? What's your favorite day? She will say this on like a Zoom call with a person we just met. That's a business call. Mm -hmm. Like instead of saying, what do you do? What's your work? She'll be like, what's your best day like? What do you like, what do you like to just spend your time? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that we don't that's have. Cool. Yeah. I don't think we have enough like conversation neutral questions. And then I also think something that's really important is we've all done it. We've all breached a line 
that you can see it on the face of the person that mm-hmm. you've crossed the line. Yeah. And I think that we don't take care of what transgression we've just made instantly. Because guess what? You can save the conversation by saying, oh my gosh, totally crossed the line, totally crossed the boundary, my bad, totally not my business. And onward, mm-hmm. you don't make the other person reassure you. Yeah. Our kids have taught us that with misgendering. So the most open-minded, inclusive people have been using genders and assuming genders for a very long time. So even if you are wanting to be completely inclusive, you can misgender somebody or use the wrong pronoun. What you don't do, we've learned, is make a big deal out of it so that the other person who's just suffered the the misgendering or the wrong pronoun now has to make you feel better because you're effusively apologizing. So if we use the wrong pronoun or whatever our children have taught us, we say, oops, sorry, fix it and onward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Continue with this sentence so that they don't have to deal with cleaning up the mess. Right. That's good. Okay. Next question. Let's hear it. Hi, Abby, Glennon, and sister. Something with etiquette that I think will never go out of style would be holding the door open for someone. To me, that's just bottom line manners and etiquette combined. And I hope that everyone keeps holding that door open for others. You guys are the best. And sister, love you. Oh, she gave me a little special shout out there. Oh, she's a sister fan. I love it. I have something to say about this. I can't wait to hear it, love. So I'm a door open holder, but what do you do? This is a question to you too. What do you do when you're stuck? That happens to me all the time. And your family's now Mm -hmm. indoors, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Walking forward ahead. And you've got 10 or 15 more people to let you in. Is there an etiquette to just like open it, hold it for a few and then like hold it open as if you're in the door for the next person to take over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's the baton, the passing of the yeah, baton. Yeah. So where you can kind of like hold it open for the people immediately behind you, then you follow them through the door, holding it open and giving a little smile to the person who's mm-hmm. next in line, who's mm-hmm. going to be holding it open and yeah. then doing the same. Okay. I don't think you have to be like trapped there for- Yeah. 10 minutes. And you're like, got it? That does happen. Yeah. yeah. Got it? Yeah. You got got it? You got got it? it? Yeah. 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 I feel like the door opening is one of the phenomenon that proves to me over and over again that I am not that good of a person. Okay. (laughs) Because here's the story of my life. I am a door holder opener. Okay. I am going to be there. I am like, this is my moment. I'm shining. Yeah, it's like not too hard. It's like not, because I don't want to do hard. Abby wants to save the lives of everyone who's walking by. She wants to stop our day. Strong ROI. Do CPR, do people's oil. She's like superwoman. I want to hold a door. Mm-hmm. That's like and a limit. feel good about yourself for the rest that's of right. the day. That, that's the limit. I want to your... return my grocery cart and I want to hold the door. And honestly, mm-hmm. not too long. Okay. You mm-hmm. want to hold the door for one patron. Yeah, most. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm a good person. So I'm going to hold this door. Then the person does not <clears throat> say thank you. So, oh, that is a, but, but what I want you to understand is that I go from good Samaritan 
to homicidal hate in yes. like two seconds, which yeah. is proof to me. It's just a little Glennon experiment to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a little, I am not doing it to be nice, clearly. Cause I, I wish, I wish that person not well when they don't yeah. say thank you. <laughs> I do not wish that person well. I do not think, well, you know, I did, I did the right thing and every, to each her own. I mm-hmm. think to you, horrible things. And sometimes right. I will say, you're welcome and <laughs> so start a confrontation. Start a confrontation. You've seen this, right, babe? It's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually embarrassing. I agree. You're trying to do a good thing. Like good Samaritan by its definition is to not require something in return. So yes. what you're doing is you're creating an environment where you, this is a give and take. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I'm only doing it to get thanked. So, and the person didn't ask for it either. So it's kind of like I walk Sabotage. up to a person. Yes. It's like I walk up to a person on the street. I hand them a gift that they didn't ask for. And mm. then they look at me confusedly. And then I punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think what's happening here, <laughs> Glennon, is that the kryptonite for us is a sense of entitlement. Okay. And so when someone walks through the door that we've held open, which we are very clearly counting the cost to, yeah. you know, yeah. then it's like, oh, you think I was just born to open this door for you? You think the whole world should just be opening doors That's for you? Right. You think I don't have anything better to do? Yes. I could be looking at my phone right now, but I'm opening this door for you. Yes. It's like that sensibility because we're very hypervigilant and aware. So we would notice every single thing. Noticing. So that feels like they have done the calculus and they have decided, you know what? I'm walking through the store. I see her opening it and I am electing. To withhold my gratitude. That's right. And they're likely not, right? They likely no, just missed it. No, very likely not. They yeah. likely just missed it. Well, also, they didn't ask for they it. They didn't ask for it. You're taking a chance, but requiring a response. It's ridiculous. Okay, I, I'm, I'm just glad I totally understand. I mean, okay. I am trying to, to unleash vigilante door-holding justice all day. And mm-hmm. and I, it's it's not good. That's what I'm saying. Can you just not hold the door open for people? Probably not. I like, I'm not going to change. I think I'll just keep doing it this way. <laughs> it's a nice little reminder of connectedness with the world when we hold doors open and people hold doors open for us. I'm always like, oh my yes, God, it thank is. you. We're in like this someone's together. just handed me a homemade pie or yeah. something. Yeah. The, the amount that I sprint towards somebody who's opening, yes. do, holding yes. a door for me. Yes. I'm yes. like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, hold. I know. And then the people who you're holding the door and they just saunter, they saunter. They just walk oh, so God. slow. That's like when you stop on yes. the road to let someone pass and then they walk yes. leisurely and, like, and, and you want to hit them. the street. You and hit I want to run them over yeah. with my car. Same yeah. as the door thing. It's not, it's not nice. But once in a while, the universe just provides the correct shaming for me. So what will happen is I hold the door. <laughs> the person walks through. They don't turn around and say thank you. I say, you're welcome or whatever. And then the person turns around and says, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't see. And and then I'm like, yeah. (laughs) It's horrific. Uh, Yeah. 
Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location. It's the neighborhood. It's so much more. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with state rankings and student-to-teacher ratios. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right, let's hear from Elena. Hi, Glennon and Abby and sister. My name's Elena, and I have a question about the etiquette episode I just listened to. Okay, so me and my partner have this constant disagreement. I burp very loudly. I am a loud burper. I often do not know when they're coming, and by the time they're here, it's too late for me to stop. My partner thinks this is bullshit. He thinks that I know it's coming and I can stop it. He also thinks it's extremely rude to burp out loud in public or in gatherings. I think it's normal and I do not feel ashamed about this. I actually kind of like this part of myself and think it's funny. But when I do burp in front of our friends, I get a look of horror from my partner. So I just want to know who is right. <laughs> can I keep burping loudly and embrace it? Or is this rude and nasty? Thanks. (laughs) Love to hear your guys' opinions. Love you all. Bye. I can't wait to get into this. I just, I just have such respect for Elena. I know. What a badass. Oh my God. I don't, Elena is from a different planet than I'm from. And I like that planet. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. I do. I have crazy respect for this. You have respect for it, but you don't live it. No, I don't live it. That's why I just said I'm from a different planet. I'm from a different planet where everyone is ashamed. Do you think Elena might be from China or Taiwan? Because, because in those countries, burping in the context of a meal is the highest form of flattery right. because it means like, look, this was delicious. I'm having a gastronomical reaction. <laughs> That's amazing. The gastronomical reaction is so interesting. What's happening in our family? Our daughter, if Abby's eating and she's making enjoyable noises, to the like, food, like mm. 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 our daughter cannot stand it. She thinks it's gross. She thinks it's like sexual sounding. Well, it is sensual. She's having right. a sensual experience. That's where that comes from. Yeah, sensual. she's like, I think she's like like me. But she's like, can you just say this is good? <laughs> can you use your brain You're instead of your body? Because bodies are disgusting. <laughs> it's unreal. I mean, I just have to say, first of all, Elena, I love your lack of shame around this. And I think it's important. (laughs) And I do think that there's a part of you, it might be small, but I do think there's a part of you that likes the fact that this bothers your partner. (laughs) (laughs) Truly. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Do you like the fact that the bodily noises bother me? 
honey, I don't make bodily noises because they bother you. I yeah, don't fart the, in front of Even the you. looming threat of bodily noises bothers you. Yes. Okay, I've never actually been a bodily noise. I apologize noise for sneezing. Okay. I'm I want, like, I'm so sorry. Well, that's because it scares me so much. Here we go. And then when I burp, I'm like, oh. Everything's quiet. Oh. And then it's so loud. And everyone in my family like drops to the ground. I want to give the pod squad, and I'm just doing this in the moment, but I would like to give the pod squad the gift in honor of Elena. I want you to tell the story, Mary Abigail, of what happened in our home three nights ago. Okay. So I was brushing my teeth and, you know, we pee with the door open. No big deal. And we have the unwritten rule in our marriage that we don't do farting in front of each other. Because of me. Because I'm ashamed of farting and and I don't fart and... Bullshit. You don't fart. You don't fart. Mm. That's the, that's what what you're going with Doyle. Listen to the story. Doyle, unlike the rest of y'all, doesn't fart. Listen to the story. There she is on the toilet going potty and I'm brushing my teeth and we're chit-chatting about something. Looking at each other in each other's eyes. She's brushing her teeth, looking at at me pee on the And she lets a fart out accidentally. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's an accidental fart because you should have seen her face. <laughs> like th- there was so much happening. And it was like a big one. It was like a uh, pod squad. It's my favorite moment ever. I was looking into my wife's eyes, peeing and farting. <laughs> and <laughs> did you give her a wink? <laughs> and, I, and I couldn't stop, but we couldn't unlock eyes. Yeah. And there and was then- this moment where you thought, did she hear that? Yeah, and yeah. Did yeah. you know that, that I could that, see if she was going to try to wiggle out of it. reality you live in when you do something like that, where you're like, there was a scenario in which the person didn't hear that or like didn't <sighs> smell that. Well, let's just let's stay the course. Let's just stay the course. And like, I just started screaming. No, she goes no, <laughs> no, no. And then she wiped from her pee and stood up and ran away. No, nothing. We're never talking about that again. No, nothing happened. And I was like, oh my For God. For real? Is that the first time that you have farted in front of her? Well, she farts in her sleep all the time. Uh, you know what? I, I, we're, going, we're going rogue. Stop it. I only offered permission for this small slice of story. <laughs> well, farts. I do think Elena's question is a very good one because we're experiencing this in my family right now, which is that my daughter is a tooting machine. Okay. Mm-hmm. She farts more than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> and she has no shame about it. Mm-hmm. And so she'll, she'll fart at the dinner table, just walking around in front of friends mm-hmm. in her classroom. Wow. And I don't know how to like, I don't want to set her up for like a disaster of a situation, but I also don't want to like breed in her that there's something shameful when it's her body's natural thing. Yeah. You don't want her to end up like me. I think that, um, exactly. This is the last damn thing I want to know. Here's what I've learned over the last seven years. Cause I used to be just like Alice mm-hmm. <laughs> and now having had some time to think about that life, <laughs> I realize there's some error in that way. It's like considering <laughs> what you say to somebody else. It's like you have to consider the impact and nobody wants to smell somebody else's fart. Right. And so for me, what I do is I go on a little bit of a walk (laughs) after dinner. I'll walk down to our bedroom and I will 
fart on my own in my own time in my own way. Mm -hmm. And then I walk back upstairs because I realized that it is upsetting when other people produce horrible smell around me. I don't like that. That's not fair to the community space. So like maybe explain that to her and then also giving her an option of what to do instead of just by the grace of your butthole, just let loose whenever it's ready. Like you can actually hold your farts in and hold the gas in and go find a different, better place to do it. Well, okay. That's good for Elena. All I want to say to Elena is I don't have um, any advice for you. I just think you're really cool that despite (laughs) the opposition and resistance to your burping, you not only continue it, but you maintain that you have a right. And in fact, you said, I really like this about myself. And what I like about you, Elena, is that you are not a conformist. Exactly. And you are in touch with your body and you're like, my body does this and it's going to do it. So what I think is that you've already decided for yourself that you're okay with your partner, not loving every single thing that you do and still trusting that they love you. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool. I I say keep on. Elena is a bit of a revolution. Mm -hmm. I know. I like Elena. There's something there. I also like their partner. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's go to Dara. Hi, my name is Dara. I would like good manners to include that you cannot follow I'm sorry with the word but. That's right. Because Mm. I'm sorry but means you're about to tell me either why I shouldn't be upset or why it was actually my fault. I'm sorry is a complete sentence, period. And it means I really wish that I hadn't done that and I'm going to try as hard as I can to never do it again. And if you can't say both of those things, then don't tell me you're sorry. If you are going to say sorry, it has to mean something. And if it doesn't, then just don't say it. And that's okay. Maybe we need a boundary. Maybe we need to move on with our lives separately. That's fine. But mean it if you're going to say it. Mm-hmm. That's good. It's a good one. Why do you, why are you shaking like you're so excited about this one? Because it takes you like three tries to get your apology correct. Yeah. Because I can actually see that you're not sorry. Right. That's the thing. You want the transgression to be done over with. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you just want this to be over rather than getting in touch with how much it hurt me. Yeah. It's a Mm. vulnerability issue. It's vulnerability. Yeah. Because I'm actually really good at it with everyone except for you and sister. Why the fuck is that? It's that is only so the people weird. that I love the most that I cannot handle it. I don't know. Because you're trying to explain yourself. Because you need to be understood from the place you're coming from. Because when you really hurt people that you love, you want to express how thoughtful you were in your interaction and why the intention from which it was coming was to try to get closer or was Mm -hmm. to try to be understood to begin with. So you don't want to say as if all of it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. You're trying to explain where you were trying to go when you went awry. Yeah. And so I think that that's where the intention comes from. But I really like this, like, if you can't say, I really wish I hadn't done that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try as hard as I can to never do it again. Then maybe that's not, I'm sorry. 
Because there's some things that I do that are hurtful to people and I'm actually not going to try to not do it again. Yeah, because I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What that means is I have sorrow. I have sorrow about having hurt you. And I think what happens when we do the butt thing is that we haven't gotten to the point where we actually feel sorrow for the thing. So maybe unless we get to the point where we actually feel sorrow in ourselves because we see how that thing hurt someone, it's something else. It's not, I'm sorry. Maybe it's a need for further discussion. Like I could see a world in which I would, if I still don't understand, because I think it partly comes from that, you know, you've hurt someone, but you don't understand the disconnect between where you were coming from and where the other person's sadness or offense Mm -hmm. bumped up with that. Mm -hmm. And so part of it for me is like, sometimes the other person's offense and upset can become so big that it totally eclipses where you were coming from, which might be a legitimate place to begin with. So maybe it starts with, it makes me so deeply sad that I have upset you so much. I can see how upset you are. The last thing I ever want to do is upset you. Can we please sit down and talk about how we got here? Mm -hmm. And then you can say, what my intention was, was this. I see that my impact was this. And it's different. It's just a different way than saying, I'm sorry. Because what does I'm sorry mean if you don't actually understand what happened? Nothing. Yes. But I think right before this moment, because I can speak for myself here. And when Glennon's trying to apologize, there is a lack of belief. So it seems mm-hmm. that I am entitled to my sorrow because there is a lack of acceptance and um, accountability for whatever transgression mm-hmm. has happened. So I think that there is a little disconnect. And I believe that you're right, sister. There is like this conversation that can happen in between the I'm sorry and also the like who's right or wrong with it. But I do think that in a lot of relationships, it's the person who is unwilling to accept any kind of responsibility or accountability for the thing. Because I think half the time you don't think you've done anything wrong. I think that one of my many tragic flaws is desperately seeking to be understood. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it leads to some good things in my life and it leads to some major bad things because I think in those moments I'm thinking she just doesn't understand what I was doing then. Mm-hmm. If only I could explain it better what I was doing, I would magically that's evaporate right. all right. of that's this right. hurt. Because that's I would right. never. Because she'd be like, oh, wait, that's what you were doing? Cool then. That's what I actually think is going to happen every time, yeah. even though that's never happened. Not one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I always because think I'm if smart. I just explain it better. No, but it's not just smartness. It's because at my core with you and sister, with lots of people, I'm like, I fucked up. But with you two, I'm like, no, if they knew like where it was coming from, because I love them so much because I blah, 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 blah. So it's just a lack of explanation, which then is so minimizing to you all because I like really probably am scared to death to be like, oh my God, I actually fucked up because then I'm like, I'm a bad person. That's right. That's where you go to. But I think it's a deeper level than that. I think you're terrified in your deepest relationships that the other person doesn't understand you. Mm. 
it's like, wait, we have this huge gulf where you're over here feeling sad about what happened to you. So that means that you're completely missing everything that's happening to me over Mm -hmm. here. So we're supposed to make it magically erased by me saying, I'm sorry, but then I still have this whole gulf that is not understood and is never going to be addressed because that's what got us here to begin with. Yes. It's like what Dr. Orna Gorelnik said, managing otherness is what is probably one of the biggest disconnects. Mm -hmm. And I do have a commitment to like only saying the truth. And when I'm like trying to apologize and I don't feel super sorry, it looks ridiculous. I can't Uh, do it. And it looks disrespectful and it looks like what it is, which is not real. It feels like out of integrity, like a little patronizing. Like, oh, oh, here's the part where I pretend to be sorry about this horse shit that I'm not really sorry about. Yeah. I feel that way sometimes. And that's why I think what Dara is saying is like, that's cool. Then don't use the words I'm sorry and then follow it up with all the reasons you're not sorry. Exactly. Just say something different then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you, Dara. It could be as simple as like, we need to sit down and like, gain an understanding of where each other is coming from because you're so upset and I never want to make you upset. And I don't understand how we got here. Well, that is something that I say, but we get to the point and I say, okay, I just, I just need to think about this. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what I really mean. I got to figure out how we got to this place. What did I say? What did I do wrong? I just have to think about it. But Abby's like, why do you have to think about it? Like my feelings are hurt. Like just be sorry and that's and a control thing, though, for you. Like, you don't have to think about it so you can make sense to, of it. So you can come back to her and explain it to Why her so that right. it makes sense to her. You just have to sit down and be like, I'm baffled. Yeah. Help me understand where you're coming from. I know. And if you're willing to hear me out, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. But, like, you don't go away and figure it out and then come back and inform Abby of what happened. That's right. It's also, like, a vulnerability. It's vulnerability. I think at the end of it, like, that's what you're afraid of is to be like, oh, no. I'm, I did something that made you feel a certain way that wasn't ideal. Mm-hmm. I X L. Remember those three letters the next time your child asks you for help on homework. IXL Learning is an online learning community for kids that covers core subjects like math, science, and social studies in a helpful, feedback-driven way. So the fact that we cannot help our children with our homework now, which I actually cannot and stop being able to help them with after fourth grade, has been solved. IXL Learning's advanced algorithm is backed by research and in studies done in nearly every state across the country, those who use IXL are consistently performing better in school. Plus, their subscription covers pre-K to 12th grade, and that wide range of ages and subjects is one of the many reasons why IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and We Can Do Hard Things listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash can. Visit IXL.com slash we can if you cannot help your child with their homework anymore. And there, get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, let's go to Ray. Hi, this is Ray. Just calling with another etiquette um, idea. And it 
whoever has the middle seat on the airplane gets the armrest. Mm. I'm not sure why this isn't more widely accepted, but it should be. Thank you. What What are all of your top plane things? Or just everybody give us a, a plane etiquette role. So if you, any kind of device is being activated, you must have headphones. Yes. Yes. And as someone who's obsessed with children, love the children, always love children first, even if it's a child. Especially if it's a child. Do not have because your child. Because the shit they listen to is intolerable. <laughs> Do not have your child watching the iPad on SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever it is these days. It's inexcusable. Yeah, you need the headphones. Just yeah. do that, please. Headphones, yeah. headphones. There are circumstances because, you know, if you've got two armrests, most people don't necessarily sit with two arms on the whole of the armrests. They are just using them for their elbows. And so you can actually ask the person, like, can I pop up here if need be? But I agree, the middle seat does get access to both armrests. Yeah, and also, and our dear friend Chelsea Handler has dedicated most of her life to, um, Raising the awareness of this PSA, which is just please let's not do no socks and no shoes. Yeah, that's gross. Is Elena allowed to burp on the plane or no? <laughs> Only Elena. Elena's allowed to do it. Only Elena. Also, yeah. I think uh, um, the baggage claim would work better. For example, if we didn't all, we don't actually have to be in contact with the perimeter of the baggage claim <laughs> to claim our bags. Right. In fact, if we all just took a little step back mm-hmm. and then approach the baggage claim when our bag was present, then we wouldn't have to all be elbowing the shit out of each other so to good. see our bags. So we could do that. Mm-hmm. Just hang back a little bit. Those bags aren't going anywhere without you. Let's end with Michelle. Hi, my name is Michelle. So I was listening to the Etiquette podcast, and I had a huge, huge pet peeve. Um, My youngest daughter has Down syndrome. And when I tell people or introduce the fact that she has Down syndrome, people have the audacity to say, oh, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, there's something wrong with her. Like, she has cancer or something. She doesn't. She has an extra chromosome. And it's fucking amazing. And there's absolutely nothing to be sorry about. It is the hardest, most amazing thing I have ever done as a parent. My other three kids are typical. They have the typical amount of chromosomes. She does not. She has an extra one. And there's absolutely nothing to be sorry about. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Bye. I don't think there needs to be anything said about that. I think that's all there is to say about that. Mm -hmm. Damn right, Michelle. We love all of you. Um... I think we should do this every once in a while. I also want to ask the pod squad because of the treasure trove of etiquette tips. I want to do an episode soon about the best advice and the worst advice we've ever received or heard conventional advice that's out there. We're going to do that soon. And we want to hear from you pod squad. What is the best advice and what is the worst advice you've ever 
received. Call us at 747-200-5307 or email us at whatever our email address is. (laughs) Um, Hold on. You all are the absolute best. It's WCDHT at pod. Nope. 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 It's not that. It's W. It's capital. It's just capital. No, it doesn't need to be capital. Okay. It's it's capital or lowercase WCDHTpod at gmail.com. You did it. I did it. I nailed it. Okay. So email us or call us. And don't forget, y'all, we love the 20-minute voicemails and especially the ones where you talk and then hang up and then call us back and then keep talking and then hang us and call us back. But if you want us to use it, just try to smoosh it a little bit. Okay. Into a lot. A, bit, one minute yeah. or so or shorter. Okay. We love you pod squad. Let's all be kind uh, and brave humans among other kind and brave humans this week. And we will see you back here next time. Bye. Bye. If this podcast means something to you, it would mean so much to us if you'd be willing to take 30 seconds to do each or all of these three things. First, can you please follow or subscribe to We Can Do Hard Things? Following the pod helps you because you'll never miss an episode and it helps us because you'll never miss an episode. To do this, just go to the We Can Do Hard Things show page on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and then just tap the plus sign in the upper right-hand corner or click on follow. This is the most important thing for the pod. While you're there, if you'd be willing to give us a five-star rating and review and share an episode you loved with a friend, we would be so grateful. We appreciate you very much. We Can Do Hard Things is produced in partnership with Cadence 13 Studios, 